Return, O virgin daughter of Israel, to these your highways by which you went. Welcome to Reunion Roadmap, a place to discover the people and communities along the highway of restoration for Israel's House of Joseph. Reunion Roadmap is a B'nai Yosef, North America production. Be our guest for the next hour as we meet the people of the emerging House of Joseph here in North America. Hello, this is Stefania Pappas, Communications Director for B'nai Yosef North America, and with me is our Executive Director, Al McCarn, and we have an interview that I think that will perk up a lot of people's ears because I think it's something that they haven't really heard too much of lately. Well, that's true. We're doing the second part of our visit with PJ and Christy Jones from San Mateo, Florida. Uh, now, in the first part, we heard a little bit about uh, their ministry, the congregation that they lead, and uh, we're in the midst of hearing about, well, what will we say, Tefania, total healing? Uh, yes. Healing and restoration. In fact, that's going to be something of a theme on this show as we get uh, to music from Yvette Adonai and from Gregory Brown. And then in the second half, a midrash again from our elders, Barry Phillips and David Jones. Um, but Tefania, if you could describe what it is that PJ and Christy are doing in a, a nice, neat soundbite, what would you say? I would say it's a, it's a level of sanctification that we need to begin to learn about and how we can apply the scriptures in the area of sanctification to our lives in, in a way that brings about healing and restoration, both physically and emotionally to us, and even spiritually. And we do need healing and restoration in all those areas. Now, as we uh, enter into the second part, we'll hear Christy talking about what happened in the Garden of Eden. You know, what happened to our first ancestors when they chose to disobey our creator and go their own way, what did they lose? And ever since then, what kind of veils, what kind of interferences on there are there on each one of us that keep us from knowing and loving and perceiving our creator in the same way that he perceives us? So that's where we're going first, and uh, they've got a whole ministry devoted to this thing. They've got a whole um, seminar, and what is it called, Stefania? It's called Halakha Lechaim, or Walk of Life. Walk of Life, and that's what we're all about. That's what our Father is all about. Uh, he has told us from time immemorial, choose life that you may live. And we have seen his prophets and his apostles walking this out. And uh, that's why the Apostle Paul said, um, be imitators of me, even as I am an imitator of Messiah. And that's what we want to do. That's what this walk of life is all about. Amen. Amen. Well, looks like we are at that time that it, uh, we can go on down to North Florida and resume our conversation with PJ and Christy Jones. And we also showed that in the garden, that there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what is knowledge? It's your thought. So when we ate of this tree of knowledge, it opened up this door for our thoughts. 
that we are now hearing from the enemy. Okay, back in the garden, the enemy was there as uh, Adam and Eve saw them, you know, face to face and spoke to them. From that point on, we don't speak to them anymore. Why is that? He was an external factor. External. Now, now we can now hear. Now we hear the thoughts, and we've got the scriptures full of, of evidence for that. You know, once you start looking at this, you can see how the um, the enemy, you know, has been there from the very beginning, from the garden, and um, from that point on, that he will not, you know, uh, he he can enter our thoughts and give us thoughts. He cannot read our mind. But he can give us thought. And when we have a thought, our body responds to what we think. Our feelings respond to our thoughts. But it all has to start from a thought. That, that's and true. We believe the enemy lies. Basically, that's, that's how. See, one of the problems we've had in the past, in the past thinking, we, we have a section that we talk about, can a Christian have a demon? It's almost like in the very beginning when he asked this distorted question uh, about what God had said about the tree. That's a distorted question. That really is not even the question. The question is, can a demon have a believer? And the answer is, if he can give us thoughts, then the answer is yes. And the scripture is full of that. We see one of the foundational ones is Mark um, 8:29. Yeshua is asking Peter who who he says he is, and Peter says, "You're the Messiah." You know, you and and so, you know, Yeshua says to him, like, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, Peter. I know you thought you figured that all out, but that was my Father in heaven, where the Ruach revealed that to you. It's only three verses later when Yeshua turns around and tells the same Peter, get behind me, say, your thoughts are not my thoughts. And so we see how a strong believer, even like Peter, can hear both things. And that's really what happens in the garden when we, we open access to the enemy's thoughts by believing what he said over what God said. Acts Acts five three another one is like Peter says to Ananias, Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit, to the Ruach HaKodesh? Keep back part of the price of land. So we see access over and over and over. We're warned in Second Corinthians two eleven. Paul says, you know, he's warning the believers there in Corinth. He says, Lest Satan get an advantage of us, we're not ignorant of his devices. So he's warning us not to fall for the for the enemy. Well everything if we you... believe his lies you know, it, it moves us out of the blessings. It's as simple as that. That's true. And everything you've said, I'm thinking scriptures that back it up. Um, so you're mm-hmm. doing a great service for the body here. And let me ask about how'd you get into it? Um, I mean, are you are you professionally trained in these things or, or what? How, how did this come to you? I think years of experience more than anything. Well, that'll um, do it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> years and years of experience. Um, I think one of the things was I would, we, I've had a lot of discussions, like I say, um, and, and studied this field a lot. Um, I, I never was really into neuroscience, but um, my dear friend and, and next door neighbor and I spent a lot of time and I went to a lot of his seminars at UF years ago and studying this very subject of how our brain works. And I, I became fascinated with it. And when I saw that it just fit scripture, that was just just so amazing to be able to put it together. So really what we've done uh, is trained with a lot of people around the country to, we, we really focused for the last five years in, in studying and writing this program, the Walk of Life program. We, we put five years in putting this together. And specifically. 
And in in addition, I was I was really um, looking at the Messianic community, and you know. When we came from the church, most all of us in the Messianic community had come from the church and had, you know, been walking there and for a while. And then we we realized this wonderful truth of Torah. We see how it all fits together and and uh, the you know the Hebrew roots and all of that. But yet we are not. We don't see the miracles. We don't see the healings. We're still dysfunctional. We still have a lot of diseases, and I'm like, why? why? The Father said that he gave all power, you know, to Yeshua on earth, okay? And Yeshua said that we will do greater work than this. Why aren't we seeing this? Mm-hmm. Well, we're missing this piece. This is the piece. Uh, I have just seen amazing things. Cancers being cured. Um, just unbelievable things i think what? i saw a person with um what was it um mcsei mm-hmm. multiple chemical sensitivity and environmental illness oh my goodness cured hmm. just unbelievable i think one of the things that that we see and, and essentially how we've put this together background of it is you know how we recognize now that all the different denominations out there tend to have a piece of truth and they found their denomination on that piece of truth and what the messianic communities tried to do is gather all those truths together. And that's sort of what we've done here is tried to gather all these truths together. And what we've done in the Messianic community, even though we have all these physical, these pieces of spiritual truth, we don't have them necessarily in the right order. And one of the things that we found that you can have all of the truth, you can have, and of course, scripture teaches that you can have the letter of the law and still not be walking out the spirit of the law. Right. And we do the same thing in our lives. We can have all these pieces of truth. And, and that's one of the places that the enemy operates. It, because when we look at it, it's like, no, I've got Torah. I've got the right day of the week. I've got the feast. I've got this. But my marriage is a wreck. Uh, I don't get along with my family. I don't get along with my kids. I don't get along with work. What's going on? Where is the blessing? In that? And it really comes down to simple, uh, things like order that generally not taught. And one of the things that we teach is, is order issues. You can have all the right pieces, but if they're not in the right order, it won't work. And that's one of the tricks of the enemy. He will reverse the order of things. And so when you look at it, and then he'll, he'll weave a, a thread of truth through that, and it's very difficult to discern it, especially for ourselves. Other people might can look at it and see the issues, but again, it's very difficult to minister to your own self, and that's where it gets us. We look at ourselves like, well, everything's there. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing, and you know, I'll just have to keep doing this. And I guess this is as good as it gets, you know. And that's not as good. When we get it right, things in the right order, our lives work. We have restoration in our lives. We have restoration in our health. We have restoration in our community. We're able to get along with our family that still does church their way. You know, uh, we don't have to be at war with the world. Um, it, it really brings harmony to our bodies, to our healing, to our minds, to our lives, to our ministries, to our whole, our whole sphere. And we should walk in shalom. And that's really what shalom is, being in harmony you know, with, with our creator. Now, there's going to be things in the world we're not in harmony. But we don't. the problem right now is we're not in harmony with the body. Not, not only our own body, but our spiritual body you know, also, you know, our brothers and sisters. And so this has been really healing for for communities and congregations as well. 
but it all starts with us. It's yes. The problem is we've never started with ourselves. And this is really, this teaching is for the individual. It's for the people who come and we tell people in the beginning, like, this is for you. Please don't reach over and poke your spouse and go, yeah, yeah, you need to be doing that, you know, because there's always three other fingers pointing back at you. Well, that's true. So, <laughs> and, and I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking of myself there, <laughs> but we're all guilty of that. Oh, yeah, this is for you. Wait, oh, we, wait, I need it more than they. It's sort of funny. We encourage people. It's like, look, we, we encourage spouses not to sit too close together. It's like, it's totally okay if you sit on the other side of the room. It doesn't mean you don't love each other. It means that this is going to, because it's going to be, this is going to come down to our, our relationship with our creator and taking a hard look at self. And we have to be able to, we have to be willing to do that. And when we're willing to do that, that's when things change. When we look at ourselves and apply these principles to ourselves, it works. Yes. Yes. I'm excited hearing what you're sharing. Tell us once again, uh, how can people find out about uh, Habayit Messianic Congregation and the Walk of Life Conference and your Sukkot celebration coming up in a couple of months? Okay. Well, to uh, for our congregation, you can go to www.habayit.com. And um, that will take you to all the information that goes on with our congregation, all the events and, and everything that we have there. And our Sukkot is www.fallfeast.com. And that is being held in Melrose, Florida. It's just east of Gainesville, Florida. Uh, and like I said, we have a t- kids program, team program. Uh, a lot of things going on there. You can go to that website and it'll tell you the cost and, and there's a registration form. And the Alakat Kaim or the Walk of Life Conference, we will come to any congregation. You can invite us. And we, it's usually a two-day program minimum, but we can do it in two days. Uh, we can do it on a weekend. And that is our website is www.walklife.org. Walklife.org. Well, this is great. Now, can I ask you, PJ and Christy, what, what is your background? Um, have you, are you pastorally trained or what did you do for a living before you became pastors? <laughs> I, it's easier for me to, I, I really have been in, I've been in business for myself for many, many years. Um, I, I tell people it's easier to, for me to talk about what I haven't done and what I have done, but um, just had an amazing career. But um, I am a I am a pastor. Have been a pastor for a number of years, but just I, I think just experiencing life. That the cool thing is that I'm not somebody who is just trained in school. I'm trained in life, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so when I take what I know as a pastor about scripture and apply that to life and a apply it to neuroscience and put all those together, the Bible just makes sense to me. I'm, I'm a very logical person and it, it just, I, it's a big puzzle and it all comes together. And the more the pieces of the puzzle put together, the better it works. But you see the picture more and more clearly with time, just putting all the pieces together. Yes. And what you're saying is, and walking out of this old adage, uh, God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. and we see that over and over in scripture and that's what i'm hearing in your testimonies now i I mean i literally i literally recall one day i knew what he was putting on my heart to do and i was like please don't make me do this please don't make me preach i mean i just 
<laughs> but at the same time, I'm praying for him to change my life, you know? <laughs> and yeah. so you know, he takes us happened. through things. Yeah, same thing happened with me. I remember, I remember one day praying, going, "Oh, Father, don't make me be like one of those people." <laughs> <laughs> you know, thinking about the nuns or whatever. You know, and I'm like, "Don't make me be like one of them." And uh, so, but I think what he does is he takes us out of our preconceived ideas of what somebody has to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he shows us who he is. And then at that point, we just have the love to be able to follow him. And he totally did a heart with me. I mean, he did a heart transplant spiritually because I went from not wanting to do that. I'd been an elder for a while and then became an ordained pastor. And I just said, you know, I'm, I shared with some of my friends who were elders. It's like, I said, I'm starting a prison ministry. I'm going to do this. I want you guys, you know, on my team, I want you guys to pray with me, you know, be my overseers. But I can't not do this. It's just so strong on my heart. And so he took me through that whole season, um, worked many years with the prison system, was assistant chaplain in Lachlan County Jail for many years. And um, it just went from there. It's all his leading. Yeah, it, it is. It is. And uh, you just got to answer that call when he issues it. And it's yep. exciting to hear a brother and sister in Messiah Yeshua who have done that very thing. And uh, mm-hmm. Seems to me you're not going to stop anytime soon. I don't think so. He keeps putting things yeah. before us. I mean, it's you know, it's <laughs> uh, it's at this point that you know I think our, our the website Walk Life is is the important thing because it's our life. It's part it of our life, and so like stopping is not an option. <laughs> Walking in life, and that's really what this is about. This is a walk of life. Haim, you know, Torah is life. And if we're walking it, it should be producing life. And if we're walking it, and it's not about, we confuse God's ability to love with our ability to perform. Mm. Okay. So when we get past that, that it's not about us, it's about him. And we're able to get self out of the way and step into the way he's created it to be into that shalom, into that peace, into that way that produces life. Messiah says, like, you have life, have it more abundantly. That's what walk life is about, doing it his Yes. And let me tell you one other thing that's really exciting about what I'm hearing of walk life and of your ministry and testimony in general. There is so much good stuff in the church and in Christian ministry. And we can't afford to leave that behind. You know, Father has given us some understanding, a little more clear understanding of the scriptures and what it means. And of course, our Hebraic identity, how Torah applies. Uh, I think now we have the pendulum swinging back where we're saying, oh, we need this and we need that, which we learned in the church as well. And it sounds like this is what you're doing with your ministry. It really is. I mean, we, 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 we press for balance. And balance isn't always what we think, um, but we do have to find balance in all these areas. Well, I think what, what really impressed me is when I read Paul, and um, he went into one of the towns where they had all these statues oh, and Ephesus. all these uh, Ephesus, yeah. and he goes in there, and he's talking to them for a long time. He goes past all these statues. You know? and, yeah. and and he, he looks and he starts talking about the statue of the unknown God. And there he said nothing against what they were doing. I mean, he spoke for a long time, but he was telling them about who that unknown God is. Okay. And it caused such a stir and a riot that they wanted to come and arrest him. And they said, hey, he hasn't said anything against our gods. That, 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 
scripture really changed that. I think we, I don't know if we all do, but I certainly started out as a Torah terrorist. And that verse really spoke to me that Paul went in there and essentially created a riot in this town. And then the town leader, clerk, whoever he was there, says, this man has neither spoken against our temple or our goddess. And I'm thinking, wow, he went in just speaking truth about the God they don't know Hmm. and turned that town upside down, had him freaking out. But he never, he did it without speaking, didn't speak any evil. He just spoke truth. And that really spoke to me. Amen. He didn't condemn them. He was just speaking what what God's power was, or the the true true one God is. Well, PJ and Christy Jones, I appreciate that you have taken your time to share your story with us. As we wind down our time with you, is there any last thought you'd like to leave with our audience? Second Corinthians, um, take every thought captive and bring it to the obedience of Messiah. One of the things that, that comes to my mind is that we confuse who we are in Messiah with what we've been through. Uh, and so I'm, we're about moving us from I am a victim, I am an alcoholic, addict, abusive, whatever. That's not who the word says we are. We're a child of the living Elohim. And, you know, our goal here is to help you step out of the devil's lies and back into the power and the freedom and the healing that Yah's word has for us, his truth has for us. And that restores our thoughts and our minds and our body, you know, even our DNA, you know, seeks to remake us. And that's, you know, it's about him molding and making us through his word, through his truth. Well, that sounds like the best thought we can end on. So PJ and Christy, thank you for joining us. Uh, we've been talking with PJ and Christy Jones of Habayat Messianic Congregation in San Mateo, Florida. And uh, we hope to have you back one of these days on Reunion Roadmap. Great. Okay, sounds Thank good. Thank you. Here is Yved Adonai singing Because He Shall Not Abandon, available at their website, yvedadonai.com.
Moshia, Amelechianenu, Hashem Moshia, Amelechianenu, Amelechianenu, Mion Korenu. Welcome to the Midrash portion of today's Reunion Roadmap. This is Barry Phillips along with David Jones. We serve as elders with B'nai Yosef of North America, and we're delighted to be with you today. And uh, we were talking prior to, uh, to this recording about the difficulties of discerning exactly how to pray in very troublesome issues Sometimes um, we, we very much need to make the same request, David, that uh, the followers of Yeshua made in Matthew 6, teach us to pray. Um, we would like to think of ourselves perhaps as seasoned veterans in prayer. I mean, as with decades of teaching and sermon preparations, um, leading congregations, and uh, just just being a follower of Yeshua, David, how many hours do you think you may have logged in prayer over the years? Any idea? Oh man, I I wouldn't even know how to be able to give a count, how to give a number. Uh, seems there's always something, you know, when your when your mind starts to go, this is this is what you're always revert back to pray for. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, something that's always on my mind, you know, and. I think that we as uh, uh, followers of, of Yahweh need to really be involved in uh, bringing his people together, learning how to properly discern his word, and being able to walk together in it. And uh, there's a lot of uh, divisiveness that that uh, prohibits this, this from happening. There is. And you know, it's one thing when you obviously see a work of darkness. You know, there's some prevalent evil in a community, whether it's uh, a crack house is opened up down the street or uh, you've got uh, some illicit issue taking place in the neighborhood. Um, a, a politician is trying to strong arm a community into uh, something that is, is not scriptural or even, you know, a, a, a some situation where blatant false doctrine is being promoted. When you see the obviousness of darkness coming in, it's one thing when you fall on your knees and you get people to pray with you and you begin to cry out and you feel like, you know, I know this target. We got this thing identified and you, you just really start praying against it, looking for it to break and be released from your community. When it's in the house 
and the congregation uh, of those who worship together. And you've discussed with someone the, the problem that is being presented by actions or lack of actions or attitudes or divisive words, and they don't get it. You know, they, uh, you know, they, they disagree with you. That's not what we're doing. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're, we're not to pray our will and our mindset over onto another individual. If I disagree with you and I'm just adamant, David, it's just got to agree with me. There's no other way for this thing to work. Father, I pray you change his mind and make him agree with me. And if he doesn't agree with me, you know, then we revert back to the old, old press, make him sick, you know, don't let him sleep and make him miserable until he sees the error of his ways. You know, that's actually, when you get down to it, that's controlling, manipulating prayers. And you're, you're dancing in the realm of witchcraft and sorcery at that point. Oh, at the core of that whole thought process is, is witchcraft. Oh, yeah. You know, and <laughs> you don't have to wear a pointed hat and stir a cauldron to be a witch. I mean, we, we're we warned over and over and over again in Scripture, especially in the Torah, not to give in to sorcery of any sort, not to have anything to do with that. We Some folks who wouldn't dare put up a, a Christmas tree or celebrate Easter uh, still pray manipulating, controlling style prayers. How do, how do we discern the difference between brokenhearted intercession and controlling prayers? And and, and we, we talked about a verse before we came on. Let's let's bring this in. Um, in Yochanan or John sixteen, beginning with verse one, these words have I spoken to you so that you do not stumble. They shall put you out of the congregations, but an hour is coming when everyone who kills you shall think he is rendering service to Elohim. And this they shall do because they do not know the Father nor me. So just just right there, Barry, that's pretty intense. Oh, yeah. So someone who is in a congregation with some level of title or authority or position authorizes persecution and even the death of congregants. Now, here in America, when we disagree with something in a congregation, we don't normally try to get out the, uh, the hit squad and, and put a bounty on their head per se. But we do let it be known, perhaps in our congregation's uh, do not associate with this one. They are spreading evil gossip, malicious words, or they're they're not walking in unity, or there's some sin in their life that they refuse to repent of, and and we play hardball. Is that what we're supposed to be doing? You know, Scripture says to mark to mark those that cause divisions among you. The problem is when we're you have to take an honest look at what that really means. It doesn't mean they don't agree with you. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's not a matter of someone doesn't agree with me, so, you know, we're not going to associate with them, and I don't want you guys doing it either. But if someone continually shows uh, contention and strife and, and just doesn't want to hear the truth, you probably should limit your access to them. You know, it, it makes me think of 
the path that we kind of go down in life sometimes. We don't All right, let me just, I'm trying to be very careful here. I'm just putting it in this perspective. We're constantly set in a in a place of trying to defend what we think and what we believe that we're constantly saying what we're opposed to and what we're against when we should be focusing on what we are for. Agreed. Because what uh, we're not united in the things that we don't like. We're united in restoring the kingdom, the heart of the, the heart of Yahweh, and having uh, His kingdom here now, and walking in His word, and and tikkun olam. I mean, these are the things we are united in, but we do not spend the majority of our time focusing on those things. And so we need that discernment to know within ourselves uh, when am I acting redemptively and restoratively, and when am I acting out of my own thoughts, intents, uh, sometimes pride, or sometimes hurt. Um, when is it where, you know, this is what I want and this is what needs to happen, but when we look at the Word, it really says a kind of a different story. You know, right. when, we, when we are constantly put in a place where we're fighting everybody off, is that Yahweh? As, I mean, especially when we, we're pointing fingers at uh, our brothers and sisters and, and, and fighting each other all the time. Is that Yahweh? You know, David, as you're describing it, I'm thinking that those times that I've prayed pertaining a, an individual, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm recognizing that their attitude or their heart set, their allegiance is not scripturally correct. They're they're obviously walking in some sense of unforgiveness, bitterness, uh, anger, uh, jealousy. You know, it could be a number of things. And uh, without trying to control their mindset, you know, if it's jealousy, Father, you know, give them release from this and give them harmony in their mind. Help them to see, um, you know, the the right restoration of a, of a strained relationship here. Have confidence that they are accepted. No one's rejecting them. Uh, but then it's also important at that point to say, and reveal where I'm jealous. Show me where my jealousies are. Heal me too. You know, it's one thing to pray about the fault that you see in your brother. Uh, it's another to see that same thing in yourself. And sometimes... Not always, but sometimes Yah will reveal to you a shortcoming in someone else's life to give you a mirror image of what you yourself look like. Mm. And so it's it's always prudent to say, and Father, if this issue is resident in me, help me. Um, you know, that's, uh, Yeshua said, before you look at what's in your brother's eye, take a take the log out of yours to look at the speck that's in his. Mm -hmm. You can't say, "Oh God, he needs to clean his house," when <laughs> when we're not looking at ours. Yeah, and uh, we we have to be careful with that. I mean, even even of this, I mean, Scripture says, "I will bless those who bless you, curse those who curse you," and that's in regards to the descendants of Abraham, which is the household of faith. So when we're speaking things that we shouldn't, and I'm not even going to say cursing, I'm just going to say speaking things that we shouldn't be against one another, we're really bringing things back on our own heads. You know, you would think that we are at such a place now that we would be wrestling with higher level issues than pettiness, 
accusations, competitive jealousies between congregations, uh, resentments and unforgiveness and, and all of those kind of things. But when you get, you know, when you take an honest look at where the body of Messiah is at large, now I'm not just talking about Hebraic roots here, uh, you know, in the church ranks and our ranks, Messianic Judaism, and in the, even when you look at our brother Yehuda, they don't claim to, to walk as we walk in belief of Messiah, but in their spiritual walk, you know, there are uh, strong divisions and, and fierce rivalries and so forth of, of thought and opinion in schools of belief. Um, but we're all trying to walk after the same Elohim. You would think, why can't we just all get along? Well, we all have our issues. And um, instead of praying against others, Father, make them believe the right way, like I do. <laughs> we need to be praying. Father, yeah. reveal your truth to all your children. Show us what real truth is and help us to be willing to, to conform and be accepting of that. Uh, maybe, David, we could become more a mature body of belief if we prayed more mature level prayers, what do you think? Mm, I think that's that's a very well put statement. Is, but is the reality of it going to happen? Um, I think you know Yeshua. It, it can, but Yeshua says you know offenses will come, but what are them by whom, by whom they come? And uh, here, what we read off in Yohanan sixteen, uh, people are going to be persecuted, and he doesn't say, but pray, and it won't happen. Um, no, no, he doesn't. Like, uh, like, like Peter. Peter, as Satanas desired to sift you like wheat. I pray your faith doesn't fail. But when you return, I mean, really? Um, <laughs> and so, but we, I, I do believe there's hope, and I do believe if we are a people who are centered towards the Father, and we really want to dwell in His presence, then we will learn to be united with one another. It's it's like, you know, we're taught that the temple was destroyed because of baseless hatred. And I'm going to oversimplify and paraphrase this. Um, if the people could not get at some kind of unity with one another, Yahweh says, my presence will not dwell in the midst of that. So he removed his presence from there. Mm. And this is why scripture says we're two or more gathered in my name. Well, it doesn't mean we're speak. We're all agree on how to pronounce his name. It means we're all working in the same heart, his heart and his character and his, and his desires and his word. And so I do believe there is a hope in that. And I do believe we're starting to see people who are, who are wanting to bring this heart of the father here now. And uh, I just hope that it catches on quickly. <laughs> Well, and and touching on that before we finish up today, in Yochanan 14, verse 23, Yeshua answered him, If anyone loves me, he shall guard my word, and my Father shall love him, and we shall come to him and make our stay with him. And may that happen and in our day. So, folks, if you uh, enjoy the Midrash portion, if you enjoy the program, uh, please contact us at reunionroadmap 
at benayosefna.com. David, thanks for your time. Good to talk to you, brother. Yeah, shalom, brother. Here is Gregory Brown singing, He Knows. You can find Greg on Facebook at Gregory Brown Ministries or email him at gregory.brown7 at outlook.com. And now, He Knows. Everything that you do, oh, 
He Knows by Gregory Brown. Stefania, what I like about that song is it's just telling us what our Heavenly Father is, an attribute of His. It's exploring His omniscience. Now, there's nothing hidden from His sight. Absolutely nothing. Even in our hearts, in our innermost beings, it is really good to know that our Heavenly Father is aware of all the turmoil going on inside of us, all the conflict that we have to deal with, and he very much wants to deal with it. But what's scary about it is he knows all that conflict we're dealing with, all the turmoil inside of us, and he's just waiting for us to approach him to deal with it. Otherwise, well, if we don't approach him and to deal with it, he'll take matters into his own hands at some point, won't he? Yes, and I think uh, it's kind of like what PJ and Christy are. It reminds me of Alcoholics Anonymous, where they go through the like 12 steps approach. And the person has to get to the point where they have to say, I am an alcoholic. So when we're in the heavenly court, we have to be able to say that I'm guilty. Every single one of us are guilty. And so none of us are exempt. And somehow what happens, we, we deceive ourselves to believe that somehow we're innocent and we go back to the tree of knowledge of good and evil and think that we are to be a judge when he is the judge. We have a righteous judge, and I, I knowing myself, I don't want to be put on that. Don't give me a gavel, okay? Please don't. Uh, that reminds me of something else in the Bible. You know, judge not lest you be judged. And with the measure that you measure someone else, that's going to be measured to you too? Yes, uh, and I can tell you how, how many times have we all misjudged somebody and I'm one of them. I'm guilty. Again, I'll say I'm guilty because I, once I get to that point to say that I'm guilty, the Father can work with me, and he begin, can begin, begin to reveal to me these things that are the obstacles in my life so that I can be healed. It's all being humble before our Lord, all of us walking humbly before him. And that also is an aspect of prayer that Barry and David were talking about. How often do we have a difference of opinion or some kind of issue with a brother or sister? And when we pray, it's, oh Lord, fix this person. Wait a minute. Why do I want to do that? Because 
again, Yeshua said, get the log out of your own eye before you go to your brother and try to pull the splinter out of his eye. He's the judge. Our God in heaven is the judge. We're not to judge one another. Better that we should pray healing, restoration, uh, Lord, reveal to our brother or sister what needs to be revealed. Bring reconciliation. Bring blessing. That's what he's all about. He's about redemption. Take it from me. I have a, a master's degree in psychology. And unfortunately, that is an obstacle for me because I am tempted to play Mr. Fix-It in other people's lives. And I've seen that that gets me into trouble. I can't fix anybody. Only he can. And the moment I begin to think that I am trying, I can try to fix somebody, that's when I get into trouble. And that's when you bring strain in relationships. We don't have to have advanced degrees in psychology or counseling or anything else like that to uh, want to put our fingers into other people's pies. <laughs> yeah, it's probably human nature, right? <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, and that's where we're going to have to leave the discussion at this point, Sophania, because we have come once again to the end of the show. So thank you for your contributions here. And we will be back again next week with another interview, more music, and uh, some more teaching from our elders. Until then, on behalf of Tefania and Barry and David, this is Al McCarn saying thank you for listening. Shavuot Tov. Thank you for joining us on the Reunion Roadmap, a production of B'nai Yosef, North America. Please come back next week for another visit with the people of the Emerging House of Joseph here in North America.